You Found Health Dose, a conversational podcast that talks about issues that affect your health. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. When a person is diagnosed with skin cancer, it can be really scary. The good news is advancements continue to be made in the diagnosis and treatment of skin cancer. Today's guest is Dr. Remy Hamill, MD. Dr. Hamill sees patients at My Michigan Dermatological Oncology at the My Michigan Heart and Vascular Center in Midland. Dr. Hamill stopped by Health Dose today to talk about advances in skin cancer treatment. Health Dose asked Dr. Hamill, what is Mohs surgery? So Mohs surgery, a lot of patients ask about what is Mohs surgery and is Mohs the name of something? It's actually the name of Fred Mohs, who was a surgeon, started the technique in the 1930s. And his technique is similar, but slightly different. He would actually fix the tissue in vivo, which means he would put a paste on the patients, let that sit there, and then he would take it out. But what he did to revolutionize skin cancer removal was he looked at the whole margin. So when you process tissue after it's taken out, one technique is what's called bread loafing. So you'd have a, you could imagine an ellipse of tissue that is removed, and that is sliced like a loaf of bread. And then you're looking at the faces of the bread, not looking at the entire margin. What he did is he looked almost like a pie crust, so that when you, we love cooking analogies. <laughs> <laughs> so he would actually take it out and lay the crust of the pie flat. So you're looking all the way around, and underneath the tumor looking the goal 100% of the margin to confirm eradication. And so that was his big contribution and it's been adapted and improved upon to the technique we have now, but we owe a lot to Dr. Mose for his contributions to skin cancer treatment. The point being you wanna get all of the tumor of the lesion? Exactly, so it's a treatment for skin cancer primarily. And the goal is to take the skin cancer out, confirm that the whole skin cancer out, and leave the normal skin behind, ideally leaving a smaller defect defect than some other treatment types. Is this considered a plastic surgery? So the repair portions, there's a lot of overlap. So the Mohs surgeon, one unique thing is the Mohs surgeon functions both as the pathologist, the one who looks under the microscope at the tissue in clinic while the patient is waiting, and then is the surgeon who both removes the tumor and repairs it afterwards. So part of the training, most surgeons are typically dermatologists who've done, after medical school, a dermatology residency, and then done a one to two year fellowship, which involves both fine tuning their pathology skills and fine-tuning their reconstructive skills as far as various repair types, grafts where you're taking skin from other parts of the body, flaps where you're moving skin around or closing or letting the tissue heal by itself. What kind of skin cancers are treated with Mohs surgery? By and large, the most common cancer in the United States is what's called basal cell carcinoma. And then another very common skin cancer, squamous cell carcinoma. That makes up most of the skin cancers that are treated. And so these are by and large, again, with some exception, but by and large, a surgical treatment in that it can be removed. And once it's removed, they're not cancers that we worry about spreading. 
again, with some exceptions, if left long or certain types, they can be threatening and need further evaluation and treatment and workup. But certainly basal cell, squamous cell, and there's certain rarer types of skin cancers that can be treated. Melanoma as well can be in some cases treated with this technique as far as the margin controlled technique as it's referred to. And again, the the whole goal of skin cancer removal is to get all of the stuff, including the stuff on the edges, right? Exactly. So what we're doing when we take the skin cancer out is the patient comes into clinic, we've numbed them up, they're under local anesthetic. So the patient is awake, but comfortable. After we've marked the area and numbed the area, we take a very small margin around that skin cancer. So say, for example, you come in with a spot on your cheek. It's about the size of a dime. We would numb that area up after marking it and take about a two millimeter margin. It depends on what we see with our eye and how clear the borders of that skin cancer are. And then we take just a small ring around, make some markings on both yourself and the tissue when it comes out so that we create a map of the exact orientation of how that sample is taken out. So when we go to the lab, we have a lab right on site. We have what's called a histotechnician who is an expert of processing the tissue. So right on site, they ink it with special colors to keep that orientation. They freeze it and then they cut the slides and make the slides right there and stain them. And then I would look under the microscope and look at the margin. And then using the orientations we've made on the map allows me to then say it was positive at the blue margin, which corresponds maybe at the top part, say back to your cheek. If it was maybe a little towards the eye, I need to take just a small rim there, but the other areas were clean. So we can just take a little bit more and we repeat that until the skin cancer is clear. That's the removal process. And the diagnosis process, or you said path, pathology process, tell me about repair then. What, what do you do after you've determined you've got it all? So after everything has been removed, they'll be left with some sort of a defect we call a hole in their skin, basically. There's a couple ways that can be repaired. It can be left alone if it's a thin area or certain areas of the body can heal just fine by the body will fill them in. It has amazing capacity to regenerate itself and to heal well. That's often an option. Sometimes we bring it together just in a line. That's another option. And then we talked a little bit about a flap or a graft. What that means is do we need to borrow skin from another part? So say, for example, it's on your cheek getting close to the eyelid. We want to be very careful that we're not pulling down on the eyelid and distorting any of the natural function of the eyelid. So we might move or rotate over a little bit of the skin from the cheek in order to bring skin over and avoid pulling down. We might place stitches underneath the skin to support that in that place. So that would be a flap type of repair. A graft would be borrowing skin. Oftentimes it's from around the ear in front or behind, sometimes from the arm, depending on how we want to match the tissue, the skin, to give the person the most elegant, both cosmetic repair, but also functional repair. Let's talk about before, during, and after surgery. We'll start with before. What can I expect before surgery? 
So before the surgery, I would say probably the most common question I get asked is, say you saw your dermatologist and they did a biopsy, a skin biopsy. Say you had a basal cell skin cancer. Let's go back to that skin cancer you had on your cheek there. It was maybe small to begin with, maybe a dime size and stuck out a little bit. Maybe it was bleeding. They've done that biopsy and it seems to have healed pretty well. And the question is, do I still need to have that treated? Did the biopsy take everything? And one analogy I'll frequently use is that skin cancers can be a little bit like icebergs in that sticks out above the surface, but certainly we don't know how much is underneath. Certainly we get an idea clinically by looking at the area with our eyes, how extensive, how big is it? But until we actually look underneath the microscope, that's why the Mohs technique has been so successful in treating skin cancers in that it can confirm how aggressive the tumor pattern is, how extensive that might be. So that's the first question that I get. So we'll do a preoperative consultation, either over video or phone or coming in so that we can go over the expectations, which includes that particular question. You already cut into it. Why do you need to cut a second time? <laughs> exactly. That's what people are going to ask. Exactly. You. And that comes up again and again. And the nice thing about Moses, we can adjust how deep are we checking. If it looks like everything is gone, we might take a very thin layer and almost like a second biopsy, looking at the whole margin, we can see, is it truly gone? If it looks like there's more there, we might take a little bit more, and that's part of the process of, of learning and treating skin cancer. But that's the first question that we get asked. So before, and then setting expectations for the procedure. So we talked about what can patients expect before the procedure. Certainly smoking doesn't help wound healing, and we encourage not to smoke in general, but certainly around the procedure. Certain medications, not the prescribed medications, but over-the-counter supplements, some can cause a tendency towards bleeding. And so we might talk with them about non-prescribed supplements, about what they might consider to hold. One of the most important things is that they continue their medicines, and in general, with few exceptions, they will continue the medicines that they are on. Mm -hmm. They'll eat and drink normally, and then they'll be able to have the surgery. So it's different than other procedures as far as some of the preparation. They don't need to fast. The, generally, their medications are continued. And then just setting the expectation of how long they're going to be in clinic. So Mohs surgery is wonderful because we treat the whole cancer. Usually it takes about a half day. It can be longer, it could be shorter, depending on how many times we have to go back in. But generally, between one and three times is on average how many times we have to take more stages, what they're called. We have to cut a little bit more. And that is important to them to expect how long they're going to be in the clinic. So setting the expectation of what the procedure is, we talked a little bit about that, about how long it's going to take, about certain preoperative things to do. And then they come in for the procedure and we go over postoperative wound care, mm -hmm. which we can talk a little bit about. Sure. Let's talk about during the procedure because you're not going to put me under, right? Correct. So it'll be done under local anesthetic. So like at the dentist where they give you a shot to numb you up. We use very fine needles. Most people have minimal discomfort with the numbing process. And once it's numb, we may need to boost it throughout the day, but it remains numb throughout the duration of the procedure. So it's not going to hurt. I'm not going to feel anything. 
there'll be mild discomfort and everybody is different as far as pain tolerance and certainly if it's in one area of the body might be more sensitive than another but we certainly work to make it as comfortable as possible and do you recommend bringing my phone with me so i have something to occupy the time absolutely so having a book mm -hmm. a family member oftentimes will recommend that somebody come in even if they're waiting in the waiting room but in between the stages or when we're processing the tissue they'll have that family member available both socially and just supportive for them. Certainly having their computer, a lot of people bring their computers in to get some work done. Yeah. Absolutely, that's important. All right, now talk to me about after I've had the procedure, what can I expect? So almost always we'll repair the wound or have some plan for the wound repair the same day. It's very rare where a, a tumor might be extensive enough where we would actually have to finish it the next day, but almost always we can do it the same day and they leave with a bandage on. That wound would have had stitches or staples or be healing by itself. And we tailor the post-operative care to each patient as far as what to expect. The general recommendation afterwards is they'll leave the bandage on for two days. And what that does is it helps, we put a pressure bandage to hold pressure over the area. That helps to decrease the risk of bleeding and it also allows them to not be doing bandage changes in the very beginning. Generally, the pain or discomfort with the Mohs surgery is maximum around the one to two day mark. Generally, people can do very well with over-the-counter pain medicines, such as acetaminophen or ibuprofen, again, tailoring it to the individual person and what their physicians have recommended. But generally that does well. Ice, elevation, certainly for you uh, with your hypothetical skin cancer on right. the cheek, we want you to keep your head up on a couple pillows, have that bag of peas handy. Those will all help with the post-operative pain and then taking it easy. Certainly if you get out and you're running a marathon right after the surgery gets your heart rate and your blood pressure up, and that increases your risk for bleeding and pain afterwards. So we have people take it easy afterwards. And generally, after the first few days, their pain is minimal. And many people don't require any type of pain medicine after the first few days. If their work is not strenuous, they can return to their work or general activities, whether that's walking gently or returning to their office. Those things are usually possible within the first few days. How long does it take to get your stitches out? We have patients come back usually around two weeks. It's variable between one and two weeks after the procedure. Sometimes we'll use dissolvable stitches. Say somebody lives far away. Sometimes that's a nice option, but we'll tailor that to each person. But about two weeks after they can get their stitches out, a big question that often comes up is, I really like to swim or do my water exercises. When can I get back in the pool? And that's usually around the time that they can expect to start getting wet in a, a pool. They have great waterproof bandages now that can help with getting in safely. As a doctor, what do you see as the biggest advantages of Mohs surgery? We touched on removing the whole tumor. So certainly skin cancers in areas that are considered higher risk, nose, around the eyes, ears, but in general kind of head and neck, hands, feet, areas where you just have less skin to move around and play around with and areas where you don't want to let the skin cancer get bigger. That's areas where Mohs surgery really excels. 
Certainly, we go over other treatment options for skin cancer, and depending on the type of skin cancer and where it is on the body, there are other treatment options that we can coordinate with their dermatologist or do ourselves as far as whether it's taken out with a standard excision where we would do other types of minor surgical procedures to treat the skin cancer. But several large institutions and societies have come together and made appropriate use criteria for Mohs surgery. And generally that falls into, is it on the higher risk areas such as on the face? Is it some more aggressive subtypes or types of basal cell or squamous cell? Does the patient themselves have risk factors that would predispose to more aggressive types of skin cancer, such as are they a transplant patient? Are they immunosuppressed for some other reason? Have they had prior radiation or other treatments to the areas? And all of those factors really allow us to put together a treatment plan for that patient. And that's where the preoperative consultation is helpful just to meet them, get to know their history, get to know their expectations, and everybody has different goals as far as treatment. And so we can tailor that to them and come up with a plan that works well. That is Dr. Remy Hamill, MD. Dr. Hamill has special interest in skin cancer diagnosis and treatment, Mohs micrographic and dermatologic surgery, and sees patients at My Michigan Dermatologic Oncology at My Michigan Heart and Vascular Center in Midland. As always, if you have health concerns, the best place to start is your primary care provider. If you need help finding a primary care provider, go to mymichigan.org doctors. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Thanks so much for listening. Check back again soon for another episode of Health Dose.